So before we get into this episode, um, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for being here. Um, whether you're a longtime listener or a first-time arrival, um, it's been almost three years since my last episode. Uh, this, this pandemic really threw a wrench in the momentum of this podcast and my personal motivation. And it wasn't until meeting Mike from Pianos Become the Teeth did I find a new spark of inspiration to bring the pod back. So I wanted to quickly also thank Mike for that spark. And I really can't wait to, of course, share this episode, but all the ones uh, that are to follow um, as the year progresses. So thanks again. Happy New Year, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Microspy, a podcast that takes a closer look at the lives and work of musicians and creatives I admire. My name is Eric Rattensperger. In this episode, I speak with Mike York of the band Pianos Become the Teeth, who recently released their fifth album entitled Drift on Epitaph Records. Mike and I discuss the beauty of imperfection in music, how intentionality influences songwriting, and the bond he's established with his bandmates over the years. We also talk about gratitude and the excitement for what lies ahead. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Mike York of Pianos Become the Teeth. Snapped in half, soaked in Fortune torture dreams as as far-faced me. My name is Mike York. I play guitar in Pianos Become the Teeth, and I am from Balt well, from the eastern shore of Maryland, but I live in Baltimore, Maryland now. I've been uh, living in the city for about twelve years now. Baltimore was always the hub of where I'd go see shows or most of my friends were at and things like that. So it's felt like I've been here for way longer than that. Yeah, it's home. Definitely, definitely, definitely. What were your first moments with music, being an East Coaster, being in the Baltimore area? What what were some of the points of entry and exposures to your life as a musician? Oh, man. You know, I feel like there's so many like kind of tiers of it. When I was 12, we had this big, big festival that would happen every year called the HF Festival, which was like the, um, there was a radio station out here called 99.1 HFS, and they were just kind of the alternative, you know, station that had everything from Rage Against the Machine, you know, to Slipknot, Corn, stuff like that. I mean, it was just everything that was alternative at the time. So my first show ever was I went to that festival. And when I was like 12, my mom took me to this festival and, you know, you're in a football stadium with, you know, 80,000, a hundred thousand other people. And it's just like, just at that point, just being in the environment of just loud, everything loud music, just people like the community of people that are just there to literally just, just vibe all day long, watching everything. There were so many bands. I mean, it's like went from like, bands like Chemical Brothers would play and then Stone Temple Pilots would play. So it'd be like, you'd get everything and everything was for everybody, but it was just felt like kind of the, even though it was giant, it felt alternative where it was just like the kind of group of people that you're around. is just like, okay, this isn't just like regular music, even though in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I mean, those bands and artists were giant, but like, man, that was like my first moment of being like, I want to do this. I don't know how I want to do like, or what that means, but like the moment of just being surrounded by this many people that just are vibing on the same thing, just it, it, that was all I wanted to do. And then taking that ethos and kind of when I was growing up, started going to like local shows and like basement shows and, it felt exactly the same. There might not have been 80,000 people, but there was 40 or 50 people in a basement that were losing their shit to, you know, like a punk band from three states away. And you can't believe that there's a band that's from, you know, Massachusetts playing in a basement somewhere in DC or something. But it was like, (laughs) that was the thing that it was just like the community that, that I felt around just seeing loud, aggressive music in basements and VFW halls. It was just like, I don't, I don't care what it takes. This is what I want to do. Like, this is, this is what it feels like to me. I, I had a similar experience when I was younger too, having that kind of like 
first exposure to bands that you would see, you know, on either like 120 minutes on MTV, like bands, bands like Helmet or bands like even Sunny Day Real Estate was, uh, that was the first time I saw them was on 120 minutes. And I'm like, who are like, well, for one, both those bands had such a visceral quality that I wasn't really used to at the time, but I knew that I just, I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to discover more songs, more bands that were like it or yep. had that quality. And you make such a good point about how even though these types of bands, like the, the bigger bands that were filling these rooms or, or, or arenas or whatever the venues were, and there's like more of a mainstream quality to it, there was just something about it that made you want to go deeper into oh, that. Oh, yeah, man. That, the, the, the feeling it evoked when you listened to them, right? Totally. And even though they were popular, they were almost still kind of underground in a weird way, right? Totally, man. Totally. I think like... You could just feel this, like, when you'd put on a record, even when you listen to, like, the first, like, corn record that came out in, like, the uh, early oh, yeah. 90s or something. It's like, yeah, the this band is giant, and they're obviously opening for, like, Sepultura or, like, opening for these giant bands and basically playing, you know, ballrooms and theaters already in the early part of their career. But there's something so angular and aggressive and rough around the edges that's, like... This shouldn't be on the radio, and it is. And there's something that speaks to me, and like the the ugliness of music is like the thing that always really speaks to me because I feel like yeah. you can polish anything nonstop, and 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 when you start doing that, you start just wiping away the edges of the stuff that really makes something unique and cool. And when those bands at that era, just when heavy and aggressive music was really kind of making its foothold in my life there was just that moment where it was like, this is like, they left the mistakes in on this record. And I love that. Like you can tell yeah. that they only had a week or two to record this and this is the best they get. It's crazy. It's coming out on a major label, but it's, it's crazy how aggressive and weird and angular this is. And I just always wanted to dig and dig and dig and keep finding bands like that. Well, you saying that um, some of these bands where you've picked up on sort of the, the rawness or even even like outright mistakes that they yeah, decide to yeah. keep in. I, I immediately go to Nirvana's In Utero. Oh yeah. I, th man. I, th I think it's the song Serve the Servants where you can hear Kurt like clearing his throat while he's like doing a solo. I think when I was I, I you know I must have been in like ninth or tenth grade when that came out. And when that song came on, I wasn't sure that I heard it at totally. first. Like what yeah. was that? But then I, I rewound it and then I kind of became I wouldn't say fixated on it, but I like rewound it several times to like just hear it. Totally. Because it's those nuances that I think I similarly kind of gravitated towards where it's like, okay, here, here's, here's a band that is raw, that is clearly punk, but became, and it was, and it still is obviously super popular, but it's those little things that I kind of honed in on and, and totally. thought aggressive and, and like genuine, you know, raw, heavy music could have a wider appeal, you know, to like the mainstream masses. And of course, there's there's an element of songwriting that comes into play. But that's also something that I'm actually only just really coming around to understanding now in terms of, you know, more underground punk music and stuff that maybe we have done in, in our history as totally. musicians. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I can only speak for myself, but like when, when Drums Dream was making earlier recordings when we were kids... I had no concept of verses or choruses or post-choruses or pre-choruses or, you know, I had no, I had no blueprint for songwriting. It was totally. all just based on feeling. It was all based on the navigation of however the parts made me feel. Totally. You man. know, and how they kind of corresponded with each other. But now that like we're older um, and to circle it back to these, these bands that you were kind of first exposed to like Rage or Korn yeah, or yeah. these just bigger popular bands even though they're raw, they're heavy, they're, they're just, you know, they're even blister. I mean, rage is still blistering. Right. But their songwriting is, Oh my God. Yeah. It's just undeniable. Totally. Right? I, I totally agree with you in the way of like, especially like first, very first pianos recordings. Like when mm -hmm. we did like old pride, that was a, a band that we we knew that we were recording basically in May or April or so. It was just like, we've already got the time booked. 
And in January, yeah. we didn't have any songs really. So it was just like, let's just write a record. Let's see what we can do and write a record. And it was just right. like following those things where it was just like, this part feels good after another part. Not like, oh, we should repeat this because this is the verse of something or songwriting wise, this would make sense. It was just always just gluing together a riff to another riff to another riff to another riff that like exactly felt like you were putting them together in a songwriting wise. But yeah, the older you get, the more that you start paying attention to like almost like thematic moments in, in songs where you're excited to repeat something that you think, Oh, I did this the first time in this verse, but now this time it, you know, at least how I think about it sometimes it's like moving to like, Oh, I'm playing this riff a little bit differently to make the song kind of go forward, even though it's a repeat and it's supposed to be this, like these songwriting ideas, I feel like are so you have to write just so much music to really even get your footing to understand it that I think that a lot of younger band, I mean, that's like kind of the glory part of being a younger band and not a younger band is that like, you don't know the rules when you're younger. So you just make, and sometimes right. it's amazing and you're, you're innovating in a way that you probably never really thought because you don't know that you're breaking rules, but then you get older and I feel like when you start actually songwriting and like doing song, like trying to figure out how to make parts talk to one another and like really make a record feel like a record. I feel like there's like a really beautiful give and take with something like that, that the older you get, the wiser you get, you might lose some of that young volatility. But if you actively know the the rules that you're like writing into, especially I've been lucky to write music with the same group of guys for so long that we've developed each other and, and kind of pushed each other to write differently the older we get. So, you know, I, th I think there's something really glorious about that, that just, it just sticks in your psyche, you know, from seeing those early bands up to now, it's like, it's impossible to shake the thing that, like you were saying, like the cough, like that yeah. nuance, like that clearing the throat, whether you know it or not, because that had such an impact on you. And that's like, that's something you probably subconsciously think about writing. That's like, oh man, I want to add this thing in here. That's maybe not like anybody's going to catch or leave this thing in that not everybody might catch, but that means a lot right. to me. I think there's, 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 there's pros and cons to both mm -hmm. the, the, the young volatility and, and sort of open-endedness of songwriting versus again, having written many songs, having done many records like yourself, the, the natural evolution as a, as a creative, as a musician, as an artist, and having that kind of deeper understanding of, you know, the quote unquote rules. And I, I, but I think, you know, what, what I've seen and sort of observed with, you know, what you've done in the past and leading up to your new album, Drift, there is a clear evolution, right? Yeah, definitely. There's a clear, like, um, you know, sonic change, but it's almost, and I think a lot of people would, would be quick to say, like, there's a maturity and all that, mm. but maybe that's so, but what I'm picking up on, and I think this is also just from my exposure to seeing you guys live, yeah, yeah, um, and just seeing how you guys operate as people, as friends, as bandmates, there's something even, like, more than just that in terms of, what you ended up with in terms of your album, your yeah. new album. And I think that's, I think a lot to do with the fact that of what you just said, that you've had the privilege of being with these guys for so long. Totally, man. That it's not like it's just a clinical thing where you walk in a room and say, okay, guys, like, let's, let's write a song. There's yep. something deeper, more like cellular, I think. To when you're oh, with totally. The same type, the same people, writing from a like even though your your approach and perhaps even inspirations evolve over time of course cuz life evolves and your experiences and things that you you know you go through change so therefore your 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 creative inspiration probably change changes or gets influenced by these things Definitely. but you're writing oh, yeah. with the same people and you're stacking on the things that you did as as you know younger musicians oh yeah yeah and 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 now you're kind of you have arrived to this new place yeah so that's that kind of leads me to um what i kind of scratched here about drift and i'm not, not to put you on the spot oh, but yeah, let me yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick take on sort of my initial feeling yeah, please yeah when i press play for the first time yeah and 
right off the bat, you know, it immediately feels like a reflection of life events. Yeah. And it, it, it created this kind of cinematic visual of like a montage of someone in their car just driving in the middle of the night, contemplating everything. Yeah. And just looking back on things that have happened, right? Yeah. And this is and this is totally just based on that initial like like visceral feeling from the first track all the way to the end. It just um it has this kind of singular feeling of of uh, almost like a, a longing. And then and then there's like moments of triumph, but then there's like moments of uh I mean it just kind of takes you through this this it's almost like a story. It's almost like yeah. like live, living in a movie through listening. Yeah. Oh, t- I mean you you na- nailed it. I mean that's that's exactly what I hope people got out of it, you know. Everything comes across as super intentional. Um, and I, I was going to ask you, what was your journey? Because we're kind of reverse engineering. Because I, I wanted to start, sort of work backwards from drift. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, we getting into all this like songwriting stuff. It's like, what kind of sparked the journey of of this body of work, and what or how was it different from previous records that you guys have written? I, I think this record especially this record, was something that felt more intentional of us writing a, like, body of work, like, creating a thing that's, like, down to, you know... I mean, obviously, like, the packaging of everything is important and all that stuff, but I think we were so hyper-aware of what we were trying to do, which was almost create... It sounds it sounds like uh, the only way I can describe it that I feel like um, doesn't do it, I guess, the best, the best. But I think we tried to almost think about what it would be like to write songs as just writing songs as if this thing is just a percussion loop and Kyle singing and that's it. Awesome. Like that's that's what this song needs as opposed to. You know, I'm a guitar player. I wrote this part. I really like this part. So I want this in the song, even though it's not really working super well. I wrote it and I really enjoy it. So I want it in here. Like, it's almost like losing a lot of the ego of of like writing music for the sake of I'm writing it for my instrument or I'm writing this song that's like, here's a riff uh, and let's base the entire song around a riff. Something that was really cool that we did on this record was like maybe a quarter of the way in halfway into it we had this thing that we started asking each other of basically saying like all right who's in the driver's seat for this and Hmm. and it was it became like evidently clear that like there'd be a song where all of us would gravitate towards the the vocal hook where it's like man that is that is the the climax of the song like this is the thing that we need to like support so if that means that my guitar part is the same note for a minute and a half, whatever, because it's that this isn't my time in this song. It's the vocal time or, you know, there's a this man. David has this killer drum part. Awesome. This thing is moving this song to be in a certain direction that doesn't need, you know, a really intense bass part or or drum part. It was like trying to figure out who was in the driver's seat for the song, who, who was the element that made the most sense or was the one that was most evocative of something. Like it actually had like an emotive response and said, that's, that's the key. We need to write around that. So if it meant, okay, cool. We got this one part, everything we've been writing for the last day or two doesn't work then scrap it because we know this part is the good part. Let's rewrite around that. So everyone was, was of that similar mindset of saying, okay, we're going to make decisions based on what serves the song. Yes. 
And like, 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 like knowing that it's not about individual expressions, but what's creating sort of like a singular output yes. and how to best serve that. Right. Totally. And I think because we did that, there are a lot of songs on the record that like on its face is like, man, this whole song is literally just a, a drum part and a bass part and then a vocal sometimes and these weird samples and that's, Oh, there's a guitar part for a second. That's weird. Like we would have never written, say like a, a song on the record, um, the opening song out of sight, that song doesn't yes. really have a guitar part. Like the, 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 right. the guitar parts that are in it are meant to be this disorienting, almost like feedback and disorienting, like kind of just like feeling ambience and textures. But if I were to have sat down and been like, all right, time to write a song, it would have never been that song. It would have like, right. the, the, like the way that song would have came about or how it did come about was Chad wrote a, like he had this, um, uh, synth that was doing like random generative art, like arpeggios. And he sent us this thing that we're like generating these weird arpeggios. And I was like, man, this is beautiful. Like which, which ended up being the main chords of the song, but it was like, I don't even know what to do with this. I know I love it. I absolutely love the way this is making me feel. But I, I'm a guitar player. I don't know how to do anything to this. And then I think we started stripping away what your role is being, oh, I'm a guitar player. It's like, no, right. we're all just members of this band writing. So if this calls for me to like program something that's a guitar thing and manipulate that and then concentrate on making the vocal part, like really cool. And like, then that's, that's what's important. So I think because everybody on this record just solely wanted to write good songs, didn't matter how it ended up on, you know, their instrument or whatever they were doing. I think we were able to like achieve a pretty unique result with a lot of stuff. Cause I, I, I think we wouldn't have been able to sit down and just like, Oh, here's this riff. Now you add to it, which is a lot of, like our past records were mainly that way. You know, Chad and I would come in with a riff and show everybody, and then we'd build the song from guitar riffs. But this record was just like, it it really was more of just a feeling, capturing yeah. like 35 to 40 minutes of just like feeling, like, and, and how to portray that, be it however means, be it soundscapes, be it manipulated vocals, whatever, is fine, but... We, we want to portray a feeling. And I think that was the thing. I think that's, that's incredible because as a band, you, you, you all kind of mutually arrived to that frame of mind and creative approach and everyone was supportive of it and on board together. Definitely. And I think that's what yielded such a result because I think so. of that, I, because of that idea of, you know, you know, Dave being a drummer or you mm -hmm. being a guitar player or, mm -hmm. you know, everyone else like, you know, Kyle just singer, like, like it's, it's, it has that, it captures that, that feeling. And I think that's exactly what you immediately pick up on, totally. you know, when, you know, from that opening track, it just kind of sets this tone because it's not just like, you know, drums, bass, guitar, like, you know, four count. And then there's a song. Totally. There is this kind of tone that's set at the, the forefront and it just like leads you through and you're, you're just like, wow, this is, this is like, this is something else. Thank you, man. I mean, that really, that really means a lot because I feel like working for that goal and like yeah. allowing everybody to kind of put their hands in something of saying like, Hey, I, I you know, Kyle saying like coming up with a idea for a guitar part or coming up with an idea for a vocal that we have to write around and totally losing that idea of being like, well, I'm the guitar player, so I'm doing this kind of thing and just losing that ego in a lot of it, I really think helped us just as songwriters just to be able to trust one another to that. Yeah. So we, we, yeah. we've been doing this for so long with each other that it's like, you know, we trust each other to write the best things that we can together. And I think that we were able to do that finally, like find that communicative thing for this record in a, in a, in a good way. It's amazing. Well, that leads me to this next question. So I, I pulled this quote from your Wikipedia, and mm -hmm. it's actually something that Kyle said, and he commented on writing his you know, lyric writing, mm -hmm. stating, I feel like most of us and most bands we are into tend to write about darker things. It's hard to write when you're happy, but this doesn't mean that we aren't happy people. 
Yes. So I was wondering if you can kind of expand on that and sort of talk about the collective mindset or approach to when you guys started writing and maybe a little bit about what everyone was going through or yeah. the headspace that kind of inspired you guys to band back together and say, okay, I think it's time to write a new album. Yeah, man. And you know, it was a journey because like when we started writing for this record, we would write in pieces. Like we were, uh, we've always kind of been an intentional band. Like funny enough over the last 15 or so years, we've been a band even when we weren't writing or touring or whatever it was, for the most part, we would get together every week to practice just just because it gave just us an, because. it gave us an excuse to hang out, even run a set and passively write. You know, it's like, oh, we were on tour for all of this year for the most part. But shit, we got let's just get together and jam on this riff I have and see what happened. And we'd try to piece things together and then we'd bring all these demos on tour and talk about them and kind of pick them apart, whatever. And when we were writing originally after wait for love, we started writing in, um, I guess probably around 2017, honestly, the record came out in 2017. And I think around that year we were just like starting to write again just because, but I, I, we were kind of touring nonstop um, I don't think any of us were necessarily in the best like headspace to like create. Um, and, but we were making, and we were making a lot. I mean, we had pretty much an entire record written a lot of it, not complete as in like recorded, but I mean, we had demos right. that were like just done and ready to go. And like towards the end of 2019 or like we went to Southeast Asia and Australia in early 2019 and then did, um, like these few shows when for like the old pride 10 year anniversary and the touche amore, like to the beat of a dead horse 10 year. And we did like five or six shows with them, something like that. And that was like in April of 2019. And that summer, some friends of ours, uh, Brian McTurnan, who's a producer in Baltimore, as well as Paul Levitt, another producer, they actually had a studio in this building that was in like Southeastern Baltimore city and Brian sings in battery and he was like, I'm going to be gone for six weeks. Here's the keys to the studio. Like have fun, go record. And we were just like, man, we literally are just getting a whole studio just to go in and do what we want. And we yeah. went in and literally had like nothing to show for it. We went in, we were trying to write and trying to record. And I think everybody was just so burnt out that like, we were trying to write songs and trying to do stuff, but we had just been touring so much and not really had time to sit back for a moment and reflect, like, why are we writing? Or, or are we yeah. writing something that we're all stoked on? And that end of that year, man, we basically just scrapped everything and was just like, I don't think this is working. And I don't know what that necessarily means, but I think we all just need to, like, take a step back for a minute and see what... because. We didn't, we knew that the next thing we wanted to do was the attempt at like a real good stretch forward for our band, like just something that's like helping us try to create something different. Yeah, that end of that year, we basically scrapped everything and was just like, I don't even really know when we'd write next or what's going to happen. So, like, hopefully, hopefully something happens. I mean, I could respect that because that was a, a, a true recognition of feeling of just being well we, for one you're recognizing that things like the needle wasn't moving for you guys totally. and even though you you had all of the intention by going in yep seeing what would happen but you also were able to recognize that it just it it wasn't clicking in totally man totally and to what to walk away from that because like like you said like you, you paint this perfect picture of like okay my friend's going on tour he gives us the keys to the the studio yeah it's yeah. like yeah we're gonna make the best fucking record yeah. ever but yeah. it's like oh wait a minute maybe this isn't the right time and like i just be just because you have the keys to the studio doesn't mean that you're gonna you're gonna like be able to to write the record that you would like to i mean because yeah it's actually not it's not really, um, 
it's not about when you have the keys to a studio. It's not about when everyone's schedule lines up. It's yep. about something I almost feel from, from my own experience. It, it happens when it happens. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you can't, you can't force anything when it comes to creative expression, totally. especially when it comes to at least music as a medium. You know, I, I imagine this, this, this is like for any artist or any, any creative person, um, who needs to step away from it for a minute. Cause like the burnout is real. And I think tour totally. is a prime example of what can, you know, I mean, in some cases, maybe it can inspire you, but I think overall, because it's so physically and mentally and emotionally exhausting to come off of weeks of playing this type of music totally. that means so much to all of you, like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to feel depleted for a little while. Totally. And you're going to have to figure out how to recharge and also just allow yourself that space, right? Totally, man. Totally. Like I think that, that mental space, it's almost yes. like the snow globe needs to like be put on the table and everything needs to settle. Totally, man. Cause I think that we never actually sat back and let our, let ourselves do that. I think yeah. we got caught up. Um, like I'm sure this is a syndrome with a lot of bands, but I think like, um, what we really started touring, like being like, put your lot, not live, put your lives on hold kind of touring in like 2010. And it was like that summer we did like 60 some days across the U S and it was like, the whole thing was like, play a show every day, no days off. Some, if you want to play two shows, let's find a way to like, we played two right. shows like someday, like, and it was just almost this competition where it was like, you have to go harder than anybody else. Because mm -hmm. that's the way you prove yourself, and that's the way that yeah. people are going to take you seriously. And we came from this, and I'm sure you know Jerome's Dream did too in that era where it was like, what happens is you tour nonstop in people's basements, VFW halls, whatever kitchens. venue, kitchens, whatever, man. Like whoever's going to give you a space that you're allowed to be loud at, right. that hopefully the cops don't show up, you're going to play it. And I don't care if Absolutely. we get paid. I don't care, like. Uh, it it's just like this thing that's inside of you that's just like I want to I want to leave home and I want to see every place that this world has to offer that is going to allow me to play loud music and 100% uh, all of a sudden you're like oh yeah well, uh, wow this is you know we we broke even this tour that's kind of crazy that we didn't expect that oh I guess we need to write another record oh and then you wake up one day and it's like we've written four records we've done all this stuff which is amazing and then you start thinking like, well, what's next? Like, what's 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 the thing that we're going to do? And I think we had to go through that identity crisis of figuring out what the next thing that we wanted to do, because I think all of us were burnt out on just writing just regular, not regular rock music. I don't think of the stuff that we've done, like it doesn't oh, totally. disparage yeah. anything that we've done by any stretch. But I think like we were all ready to be like, let's take a step into like a creative territory that I think is going to be extremely challenging and very trying for all of us. But I think we need this. If we want to be a band for another 15 years, we need, yeah. we, we need to be able to challenge each other and get back to the feeling of just like playing shows because you're expressing this thing that you're building that you just love so much that you want to show people something like get back to the feeling yeah. of like, the visceral idea of what music makes you feel like, like that's the thing, you know? Play for me all our days, I couldn't say, I caused delay, the shillin' shakes, low and brace, now how far are we? How have you guys, well, how have you personally been feeling coming off the heels of these couple legs of tour? I know you'll, you've only been back for about a, a week or so, yeah, right? Not, yeah. And like, so how, how have you been feeling now that you're home, now that you have a little bit of time to reflect on the shows that you've played? You know, yeah. obviously um, it must feel, well, how does it feel? Because remember, we're, we're coming, we're, we're still in the, the, the shit of a pandemic. Totally, totally. And, it change, and that changes the entire landscape of, of 
you know, this idea of shows and community and, and interacting with people and fellow punks and, and yeah. you know, music lovers. Like, totally, man. What's it been like for you post tour? I think, honestly, um, especially like the West Coast run that we did with you guys was almost like a a recharge in my head of being like, oh my God, like the, like these are some of the best shows that I think we have played, sounded, like I think mm. being rehearsed, being like yes. the, the set list of stuff that we chose felt right. It Nothing felt like... I felt like this is the first run of shows that, and it's been so long. I mean, these were our first shows that we played since that touche run in 2019. So it was yeah. like moving into the shows. I ha- I found a whole new level of anxiety that I've never, I've never found before. Like I, I would love to just like have a few beers, get on stage and rip a set, man. Like doesn't matter yes. to me. Like, like, it's it's punk music. Who cares? Like even even when Kyle is singing and we're playing the softest music in my brain, uh, like we're still a punk band. We're still okay with getting gross. We're still okay with, you know, we still tour in a shit van and trailer. Like we're still doing the same shit <laughs> we were doing years ago anyway. So I think the one thing I have come across after this run of shows that I really am like locking into now. And I was talking to um, Eric tour manager, Eric about this mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. like I um the amount of gratitude I feel that a anybody gives a damn about my band after being a yeah. band for so long and releasing five records and multiple EPs and split. Like the fact that anybody is still coming out and like, or seeing us for the first time, discovering us or have seen us 10 times. We had people that were flying to shows because yeah. the, it, it, stuff like that was just like, I can't believe this, that like everything I ever wanted from being that kid at the HF festival watching Rage Against the Machine play at 12 years old, all I wanted to do was play loud music for people and have those people go home and say, like, shit, man, that, like, that made me feel something. Like, I always just wanted to share that thing. And I feel like because I've had the opportunity to do it and, like, coming into these shows that seeing anybody showing up, much less... I mean, playing with you guys was a dream, like no pun intended, but a dream in general, (laughs) just like, you know, I grew up listening to you guys like when I was in, you know, mid late high school, it was like, you guys are one of those bands that made me say, damn, being in a visceral, like basement and like this feeling of watching this, this is all I want to do. And to be able to fast forward to my life being 35 years old and being able to just like say that, you know, yeah, I just drove across the country and played shows to people that actually wanted to come see my band and play with bands that I look up to. Like, yeah, the yeah. only feeling I can describe after this record coming out is just immense gratitude that I cannot believe that after this long of being away, after a pandemic, not even after a pandemic, still in a pandemic, but like returning into trying to like be in, be in the world doing this stuff. It's just... um gratitude is the only thing I can feel. And I'm just, uh, I'm just so lucky to be able to do this still. And I, I, I love that answer because, you know, I think, I think that feeling of gratitude, I, I think that's kind of permeating th- through everyone's psyche in terms of those who are going to these shows to see you for the first time in a minute or to see you for the first time. Totally. And, and, and to, be the recipient of such such a performance such such an energy on stage and honestly like when we were watching you guys perform it was a mutual feeling where we we were also extremely grateful to have not only been invited to join you guys on on this leg of your tour but to also see very clearly and very immediately that you guys were tapping in to a very similar place in terms of uh, your singularity as a band, the the, the 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 mutual ex- like just such an outpouring of expression, and a level of um, seriousness, you know, like of course everyone's like having fun, everyone's you know, oh yeah, yeah, ch- chilling, but you could you can get this immediate sense that you guys um, you, you take the work very seriously, definitely, and m- me. And Jeff, we, we, Jeff and I were just like, just having a moment, like, cause we were just like 
pretty in awe of the live performance and just like, man, these guys are fucking fantastic. Thank you, man. And we were, we were, we were so stoked in, in those like first shows or first couple shows where like, man, five days is just not enough. Totally, man. Totally. Because we were experiencing a similar sense of gratitude for just being paired with a band that we felt a real synchronicity with in terms of just, just by pure observation of how you guys were operating as a unit. We were like, man, this is very rare. Yes. You know? Yes. Oh my God. I mean, that's like when we were talking in Vegas about that, where it was just like it, the rarity of being able to just like meet a band and just feel like there's already been a a decades long history of like meeting somebody. And it's, it's so rare and so weird that when it happens, like that's that moment that your brain is just like, take the, like you, I, this is the grateful part of like, I cannot believe that I have an opportunity to do this, that I have friends. Like I was telling my wife that it's like, I have friends that I actually get to keep up with and collaborate with and see on the yeah. other side of the country. It's, it's just such an immense like experience that I just, I, it, I'm mind blown every day that I get to experience it. Yeah, we 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 very much felt the same on on this run where it was you know, kind of a reminder that there is this kind of you know, it, it it's almost like it, it's an intangible thing, but it's totally. a very real thing in terms of this sort of collective feeling um I I I'm still reflecting on it because again, five shows weren't enough. But those five shows were very, uh, they were very special to us. Definitely, man. And I I think, yeah, and I think it's very much what we're all already touching on, just in terms of, you know, we we share a a history of this music. We share a history of, you know, just that fucking messiness, that grit. Totally, man. That just like... It's the ethos, you know? know? It's like the feeling of, of like, when you meet somebody that has also grown up in that... Like, this is what's important to me is like the community of music, the the way it makes me feel. And I love the shit that's rough around the edges. When you yeah. find that group of people that does that, it's almost like, man, we were long lost, like relatives in this stuff, man. Yeah, that's what that's that's what it feels like. It was really inspiring for us, too, because I think when we came back, we've all kind of just sort of gone in our our caves for a moment, yeah. but, but there's still much, you know, of course, texting every day, just, just totally. Yeah. Know, coming off the heels of this thing, just super stoked and yeah, man. inspired for what's ahead. Same, um, same. And so, so that said, now that this album is out, now that you, you know, you, you've hit the road again since 2019 and you have this immense feeling of gratitude, where is it going? Like what's, yeah. what's next for Panos? Cause I, I know that, there's a lot of life stuff happening. Totally, you know, pe- people. Um, yeah, people have kids on the way. Yeah, kids on the way. Like yeah. life is happening. Yeah. What? What? Where does pianos fit into sort of the next six to twelve months? I think the really cool thing about our band, especially now, is that it feels like everybody needs it. It's not even like yeah. the oh we have to do these or we should do this or whatever. It's like you, you kind of have a piece of you that's so ingrained in this part of your life that it's almost like you have to scratch that itch. So like what's, what's for us, the thing that I think is next is always like the, you know, what, what are all, what are all the things that we want to do that we can just try to cram into like the time that we can do it. It's like, I know we want to go to Europe again. We can't go to Europe for, you know, six months at a time or anything like that anymore, but we, but we can go, and like try to hit all the spots that we can, but have fun, do, like have it be the reason that we're getting together and just catching up on each other's life. Because I think this what's what's really cool about the band now, like pianos affords us the opportunity to get together to then just catch up about what everybody's doing in their life. Because, you know, everybody has what they're, you know, we used to be able to get together every week for band practice, but that's just not the way it is anymore. It's a different thing. So like when we get to tour or play shows, it's even, it's also just an excuse for us to be able to get together and have a beer and bullshit with each other and just catch up. So it's like, I think at this point the band is just almost a necessity 
for everybody's like well-being, especially after this run. I think everybody was like really recharged and excited to do stuff. Um, so I think really the idea is next year we're really going to try to continue to like play live stuff, but you know, try to find the pockets of when we can, when we can do it. And when everybody's like, wants to like, when something comes up, it's like, man, we got to do this. Like, this is going to be really cool. This is an opportunity to do this or just simple stuff that I think we're just excited to continue to like expand. I mean, we've already kind of kicked the ball around talking about writing again. We all just love writing. So it's like, you know, we're, I mean, it's probably far off and, you know, there's plenty of time we have before we have to actually do anything about that. But it's like, we just enjoy each other's company that I think any excuse that the band can get together is an excuse for us to get together and just like catch up on each other's life. Cause I think at this point, this band is now like, it's, it's almost like a family reunion every time that we get together and, and it expands out because it's like, we like I have relationships with Kyle's kids and like it's it we're we're expanding into this kind of familial unit now to where it's like this is just what we do. Our friends are integrated into each other. It's just it's just we're yeah. a big family, man. So it, it's such a special dynamic to have it really a, is. Have, have established over these years. And you basically just answered what I was going to ask you um, just in terms of how how pianos plays into uh, what role pianos plays in your life in terms of whether it's like a separate thing or if there's like a level of singularity to oh my god life in general and it seems like it really is a family away from family but there's totally everything is connected it's it's all cut from the same cloth at this point where it's just it's just a part of what has to happen because of because of your friendships your relationships with your your bandmates how much you've been through together and how much crossover there is between, you know, you know, your, your family families totally in terms of, you know, partners and kids and stuff. I think it's amazing that everything is blended together. Dude, it's It's so powerful. It really is. And that's like, gets me back to the idea of just being so grateful at that because like, there's not a time it's, for better, for worse, there's not a time that I feel like I can turn my brain off from like thinking about music and this band and like, that's the, like music and creating is the last thing I think about when I go to bed. And the first thing I think about when I wake up, like again, for better, for worse, because it's not always a good thing to always have this shit running through my head nonstop. But something that's so cool is that I'm able to, when we hang out with like Kyle and Lauren, his wife Lauren and their kid, it's like, I know he and I are going to start shooting the shit about some band thing or like talk, what are you listening to right now? Like, what, like, yeah. and it's just this constant symbiosis of every part of every baby shower we go to or every wedding we go to or every, it's just <laughs> like, you just, you're, you've been doing this for so long that it's like secondhand to just you're just together. Like I I consider myself so lucky in that sense because there's so many bands that like the members do the thing that they do. And then when they're not on tour, not creating, nobody talks, nobody sees each other. People just kind of do their own life. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, that, that really works super well for some bands and that's some people's personality and that's great. Um, I just consider myself super lucky that I feel like my band is really my fam. Like it, everybody always has like, oh, they're my best friends and stuff. I mean, these are the these these are the people that stood next to me when I got married. These are the people yeah. that like sitting in the middle of the country with thirty or forty dollars to our name with a broken down van are the ones that we sit and talk like, well, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? And they're the same people that we're able to convince one another to do the same trek again the following year after breaking down the year before, like. You just get this like symbiosis with each other that it's it's unmatched. Nobody nobody has that like that or I'm sure people have it, but I'm so lucky to not take it for granted and, and know that I have it and not not take that for granted. Hundred percent. And 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 that type of dynamic, that type of relationship, it it cannot be replicated. Definitely. Totally. Which totally. is which? Which is one of the more powerful things about, you know, kind of being in this space, being in this world mm-hmm. uh, of music, of art, of of creativity. When you're sharing it with with you know a group of people, 
And in addition to sharing that time, that, 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 that creative flow, when it's done over 15 years plus, and totally. there's still this intact thing between you, 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 you know, like the group, yeah, that, that creates a whole other set of levels and layers and depth to, totally. to, to whatever, I mean, of course the friendship, the relationships, but, but the work itself, I think can't help but be influenced by, by that kind of rooted, um, experience, shared totally. experience between each other. You know, it's just, it's a wild thing for me. I'm just, I'm sort of just sort of, I'm echoing what you're saying, but I'm also kind of reflecting on it at the same time because I'm kind of drawing my own experience. Yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. With the, with the, again, our, our histories are very uncanny because they're almost like in tandem with one another. Totally, in terms of man, yeah. How long we've been at this for, how much it still means to us, and totally. how it's become a thing that we simply can't live without. It's, it's truly a piece of our identities. Totally. It's like it's. I feel like I'm so wrapped up into being this person for so long that it's like there isn't ever a possible thought of being without it. How obvious these hidden things, how easy, how little we show. And I'll just skip into the casket, walking over That type of dynamic that type of relationship it it cannot be replicated definitely totally which is which which is one of the more powerful things about you know kind of being in this space being in this world Mm -hmm. uh, of music of art of of creativity when you're sharing it with with you know a group of people and in addition to sharing that time that 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 creative flow when it's done over 15 years plus and totally. there's still this intact thing between you, 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 you know, like the group, yeah, that, that creates a whole other set of levels and layers and depth to, totally. to, to whatever, I mean, of course the friendship, the relationships, but, but the work itself, I think can't help but be influenced by, by that kind of rooted um, experience, shared totally. experience between each other. You know, it's just, it's a wild thing for me. I'm just, I'm sort of just sort of, I'm echoing what you're saying, but I'm also kind of reflecting on it at the same time because I'm kind of drawing my own experience. Yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. With the, with the, again, our, our histories are very uncanny because they're almost like in tandem with one another. Totally, in terms man, of yeah. How long we've been at this for, how much it still means to us and how totally. it's become a thing that we simply can't live without. It's it's truly a piece of our identities. Totally. It's like it's I feel like I'm so wrapped up into being this person for so long that it's like there isn't ever a possible thought of being without it. Because yeah. it's like it's a even, non-negotiable. It, it, yeah. It's like it just exists. Like it's just that's 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 this is who I am. Like, you know, there's there's no separation out of this. It's like this is who I am. This is what I've built my life to be around. And, and like, I, I love that. Like, I feel like I'm also getting even more comfortable with knowing that like, yeah, this is just kind of like the kind of person I am. This is what the thing that means the most to me. This is what means the world to me. And I love that. And I'm, I'm lucky to be able to share it with people for so long doing that same thing. Cause like, I mean, you know, like asking people to like put their life on hold with like families and, and then when they have kids or, you know, partner, whatever it is, and asking somebody like, hey, do you mind like taking off a couple of weeks out of work and probably losing <laughs> some money or whatever, but like go yeah. do this thing and everybody just, yeah, totally. That, yeah. that, that level of I'm okay with being uncomfortable in an uncomfortable situation and finding multiple people that you gel with that are also okay with being put in that situation. It's just... Like I, it's taken me a long time, and especially post pandemic, I think I've been able to really, really hone in on the gratitude with it. But you know, yeah. pre, you know, pre twenty twenty, and like I can definitely say that a lot of my, um, I took a lot of this band for granted. The amount of experiences that we got to have before the whole world shut down, and and it was questioned whether or not I was ever going to be able to do those things again, and if I was going to be able to do them. Would it, would anybody care? Because after, 
everybody's at home for so long. There's so many musicians and bands and people fighting for your attention and everything. Does anybody need us? And the fact that playing these shows off of this record release and seeing people show up is like, wow, yeah. okay, this, the, we still mean something to somebody. I mean, cause we mean so much to us that I'm glad right. that other people are still feeling it and they're still excited about it. hundred percent. And I think that's, um, that's what's so exciting about, you know, seeing you guys doing what you're doing, doing it the way you're doing, and to know that it just ain't over. Totally, there's no, man. There's no stopping. Yeah. You know, there's just more to be done. Yep. More to create, more to share. Totally, man. Totally. And like, there's just nothing better. It re- I'm, I'm just, it's mind-blowing to me, especially getting to this place of, like, writing this record. It's like... The fact that we got here and we're all so proud of this part, it's just like, man, we we got to the place that I thought we could get to, which allows us like just a, a limitless ceiling now to do whatever yeah. the hell we want. And it's exciting to be able to do that with people that, you know, even driving, you know, I just drove our van across the country for like 40 hours to and from. And it's like, this is the thing in my brain was just like, I love this so much that I would do this. It's like, I love doing this so much that I'm okay with doing this. And the fact that I can ask everybody to do these things and everybody else is excited about them. It's just, it, it, I'm excited to see what we can do in the future too. You know, hundred percent. I feel like, um, there has to be a part two to this Dude, interview. Totally, man. I mean, because I, yeah, there's just, there's so much to cover. I, I feel like we've only begun to scratch the surface. I totally agree, man. Um, there's, there's so much more I want to talk about. I almost feel like it, it might be beneficial for a part two. We, we hit 60 yeah. minutes, by the way. I don't want to take up, you know, your whole Oh, afternoon. dude, no, no. Yeah, totally. But, I, I would love, dude, literally you say the word anytime. I, I yeah. love, I mean, like being able, like meeting you guys and talking to you guys on tour. It's like, like I said, it's one of the things that you just feel like you drop into, like, you, it's like you're real right away. There's no yeah. breaking through a shell or getting to know somebody. It's like you know somebody no. almost right away that it's like a- any time that you want to just chat, man. Like I, I, w- I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I would love oh, it. No, no, man. We're, we're fast friends for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. That's, uh, I'll, I'll never, you know, the cool thing with Torres, right, is you always come back with just the most incredible memories. Totally. And And the one that I'll never forget is when when Sean, Jeff, and myself were in the back of our van, just like hanging, and then you came in, and then we suddenly just like got fucking real, yeah, man, and just like, and that's where I'm like, dude, we have we have to do this totally. podcast because similar to your f- feelings about you know the pandemic and how it's kind of affected just your overall balance, yeah, I, I kind of similarly went through uh, that kind of. I don't know if it's confliction, but but when it came to creativity, um, and in particular this podcast, mm-hmm. because my the last episode I did was right when the pandemic, basically when the shutdown started happening, and at that point, you know, I had full intention of continuing this, but then I kind of just hit a wall, like yeah. a lot of people, a creative wall especially, where I just didn't know, I just didn't know where to take it during totally. that time because there were so many question marks, so much open-endedness of like where things were going. But to get back to this most recent memory of us being on the road together and then having that very impromptu, amazing conversation, it gave me that spark again. That was like the spark of the inspiration where I'm like, I need to bring this back Dude. and I want I want it to be with Mike. Dude, that's, that really means a lot, Eric. Seriously, man. I mean, like I said, it just... That was one of my favorite moments of the tour, too, because I feel like it, it, you know, sometimes like when you're on tour, it's like it might take a few days or a week or two weeks before you feel like you can just like throw open the door of somebody's van and being like, I'm getting in, give me a beer. And I, it was like literally like two days into this run. It's just like, or a day into this, it's like, I feel like I can come hang out and I'm just like, let's just shoot the shit and talk. And I feel like that was something that really meant a lot to me of just being able to be in this atmosphere and just be like, let's hang out and talk. Let's just shoot the shit. We're, we're yeah. all here for the same reason. And I, 
am honored that we're here for the same reason. And every, nobody's got an ego. Everybody's just excited to be playing. To do it. That mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it meant a lot to even be a part of being around you guys and just chatting with you guys. So it's just, there's just a mutual, like, respect that just goes through the roof that, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I could sit and really talk for hours just about between just early band stuff and like influences history. And I feel like everything that you and I would think would be so parallel because we were, we were, we were existing on it at like the same time. And it's like so cool to just see how now that our paths have converged, like we've gotten to a place where it's like, Oh yeah, I love the same thing. I thought the same thing. I was listening to these bands too. Or like, there's just something really, really cool about that. Yeah. And that's something that I'm actually, uh, extremely grateful for so yeah same it's it's much appreciated um to to have done this with you um i really appreciate i really appreciate the conversation as as usual dude yeah anytime again we're just scratching the surface totally man like and just like you know seeing you guys and like playing shows it was like this is everything about like our bands connecting this is just yeah. the beginning of like some, yeah. like this. We're not, is this, we're, not, we're not finished. No way, man. Like, and I think that's something that's exciting. Is like I think that that's like a being able to be have done this for so long for both of our bands, and then still developing new relationships that you're like, yeah. oh my god, like this is something that I'm, I know I'm going to hold on to forever. Like that's that is like so invaluable. Totally, and and to stack on that, I think too, what it makes me think of is, you know. Bands like ours who who have such a history, who mm-hmm. have such a, a far t- far reaching timeline, to be able to to do this now, oh, which yeah. is which is an amazing thing, you know, in itself. But to to pair with like minded fellow punks, fellow musicians, fellow creatives, and to just have again, like you're saying, like like the symbiosis, this mm-hmm. synchronicity, this alignment established so instantaneously. It honestly never happens. It doesn't. The last time I, this is so funny, and not not to make a comparison, but the last time where I actually felt this, and I wasn't able to articulate it back then because it was like 20 plus years ago, (laughs) was when Jerome's Dream uh, became friends with Orchid. Oh, man. Yeah. And I... There there was, yeah, yeah, there was like this this immediate... welcoming mutual welcoming between the two bands yeah and then you know we ended up doing a split together and toured so like did so much touring together and um you know while we're all not 20 anymore uh i i still foresee um you know us sharing the stages again at some point totally man and i mean to just kind of piggyback off the orchid thing there's like that split there's something about the symbiosis of those bands. Like, even before you said that, I can tell on the split you guys did together the amount of just the songwriting. It's like both bands at their highest, like, like running at such a, such a high speed in the best way. Mm-hmm. It's like a well-oiled machine that you can see both bands have such a mutual respect for each other and mutual, mm-hmm. like, just drive together that... It shines on 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 the split that it's like that's some of my favorite music from that era ever ever. I mean that that, yeah, that split is thank you. That is one of the records that like got me into all of the early like post hardcore like screamo like heavy yeah, stuff. Like yeah. that was one of the records. And to know that you guys had such a relationship with them, it shines on that. It sounds like it. Like it sounds well, like that mutual admiration for each other to create something together that's that just really does fire on all cylinders. It's it's really amazing. It means a lot. Um, it's a thing where back then, at least, I, like we we knew that a, a friendship was taking place, mm-hmm. was being established. But I think it's funny because it's like you know. Uh, as a twenty-year-old kid, you, you just you don't have the same scope as as we do now as, totally. as older punks. Yep. But again, I think that's also what makes this moment in our time as as creatives, as musicians, um, and as, as people who are involved in this 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 
underground scene because yeah. I, I think there's still an underground element to it oh, without definitely. question you know definitely definitely um similar to what we we're saying at the top of the the conversation about these bigger bands that have mm-hmm. you know major label deals but they still are playing heavy aggressive music and a lot of them are cut from punk i mean you know zach de la roca oh is, totally you know he's about he's, as punk as he gets so, yeah man you know? <laughs> yeah but but here we are still doing it and we're in the depths of this this incredible scene and community of people and uh, to, to have that added perspective and to kind of see what's kind of transpiring between our bands or what transpired on that tour and now it's clear that we're just you're just friends so totally like, yeah totally but that's such a special thing to be able to recognize so quickly whereas totally. you know earlier in the days it's it's kind of like something that just like happened and then mm-hmm. When you do look back on it twenty years twenty years from then, it's like, oh wow, that that was a very special time, I guess. Totally, man. Totally. But right now is a really special time too. So. Totally, and I think like yeah. when you when you get to a certain age too, where you can recognize it almost right away, yeah. you you almost become so grateful of being like, holy shit, it does still happen. Like, exactly. I, like, like it, it exactly. does still happen, and we're lucky in the sense that we have gotten to see you know, coasts of this country or gone overseas mm-hmm. or whatever it is and still been able to like have those pockets of people that you're just like, man, these people are going to be my ride or die forever. Like, <laughs> like the, and, totally. and it's, it's amazing to be able to have that. It's dude, it's it, the best. It really is. I mean, it's the whole reason that like from the earliest times of being feeling like I was like every, like I was just as important as every other person in that basement in the first shows I was ever seeing. And it feels so cool to like be able to continue that feeling the older I get. I mean, it just, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah. Gratitude for it all. Yeah, man. Totally. Like just uh, innumerable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. On that note, Mike, this has been awesome. Yeah, man. Really a pleasure. We got to do this again. Yeah. This is, this is such a tease, but, um, you know, again, thank you so much for this conversation. And um, I, I really can't wait to see what's on the horizon for you as an artist, what's on the horizon for pianos Definitely. and the rest of the guys. Dude, it's going to yeah. be amazing. I mean, likewise. And I just cannot, cannot wait until our paths cross again. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please subscribe and share this on social media. You can also make a donation, buy a t-shirt, or send me a note on Instagram at microspymusic. Thanks for listening.